My Dad Blog. Real conversations, real people, real questions. And we're live and this is it, man. First one in the new year. Yeah, it's the first yeah, one in man. the new year, Happy bro. New year, bro. How was festive seasons and... Yeah, it was cool. I mean, the official line is it was a very quiet Christmas and we had no family <laughs> around. You know, it was me, my wife, my child in our one bubble. In your, in your bubble, and that's you it. maintained there in there. We had us with it. So, so it was a quiet one this very year. Very quiet, yeah. very, you know, and New Year the simple, same, yeah. Simple. New Year got to see it in. Exactly that. Um, I know before you said on it, it was like quiet and for you, it was... You're, you're work, not a workaholic, mm. but you like to keep yourself active, innit? Exactly that. Um, so this couple of weeks has been difficult in the sense that I've, I've had to force myself not to do work. Okay. Um, and I've been sitting down watching enough TV. Yeah. Um, and I'm sitting there and it's been like, say it's like three days, four days, five days now. All I've been doing is watching TV. <laughs> and I feel like a waste man, but I know I'm not a waste man. Right. I've been working all year, non-stop, um, but it's just a very difficult, um, reality to kind of... To, Do you know, I had a conversation with um, a couple of people over Christmas as well, it was over Christmas, and it's like, I get, I get caught up in the not doing something and I feel like a waste, man. Like you said, you know, yeah. like the idea of, no, I've done so well this year, but if I'm not doing something and social media is part of the problem as well, I'm not doing something. I've done so much, but it looks like someone else is doing something. You know, and you know, for me, it's not even like the watching, it's just that watching other people, it's just I've always got plans, always got ideas, oh, you've things that I want to execute, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, I'm, and I want to use, it's something I was talking with my wife about recently, is we use our rest time to, um, to not do the things that are actually true to our hearts. So we make time for work, mm. you know? Mm. But when we rest, it's actually the things that are closest to our hearts that get sacrificed. Yeah. It's never our work that gets sacrificed. No, 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 yeah. So we need to, well, me personally anyway, needs to start making adjustments where the things that are closest to my heart make more of a, a presence in day-to-day -day life. In, in, as I was talking to you, obviously I'm trying to start my coaching men's business. Yeah. And even though I'm working with some men at the moment, and that is one of the biggest things I've noticed with a lot of people is you will sacrifice for work. You will stay overtime for work. You will right. get up early for work. for work. But when it's time to, like, you know what, time to get fit. Oh, you know what, I've got to stay late for work or I've got to go to sleep or my program's on. Exactly. You, yeah, you won't, you won't sacrifice. So what are we resting from, really? We're not, yeah. We're never, we're never resting from work. Yeah, we're you resting know. from what we really want to do in life. Exactly. What we, we want to take our kids out. I'm tired today because I've worked so hard. You so know. you're sacrificing your time for somebody else's benefit, really, isn't exactly it? Exactly that. So, um, yeah, that's just, a, again, a little mental shift I'm trying to make. I've yeah. done better this year. I've done a couple of side projects and things like that. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that shift, that needs to happen. You, so. you made the jump this year to your own thing as well, innit? I was pushed, bro. You yeah, pushed, yeah, was pushed, you're not even a jump. I was pushed. Yeah. Um, I took a role that I was really excited about um, you know, early last year. Um, and I thought, okay, this is it. I was kind of feeling a bit stifled in yeah. my previous role. Um, and then I was there for like three or four months. The company wasn't doing too well. And then they made a number of the directors. So is that redundant. before COVID or is that during? Just before. And it was a blessing because it was, you know, early February. Yeah. It was obviously rumblings of, um, of COVID. And, but no one had really believed that this lockdown thing was going <laughs> to happen. So that happened in February. Um, and I'd planned to take a week off anyway because my daughter was on half term. So I, was gonna, I said, look, all right, cool. I'm going to rest yeah. this week. Just spend time with my daughter. I'm not going to let my mind get foggied. And then a week later, I said, look, I'm not going to jump back into another job. I'm going to start my own yeah. business. Um, and yeah, so I was incorporated, incorporated the business like two weeks later. 
and I ain't looked back since. And you ain't looked back since. And it was a blessing it happened just before COVID because I was able to kind of get a few clients in. Yeah, yeah. And they tidied me over throughout the year, man. So you see, in regards to that, your plan was to, has been for a while to work for yourself and do your own thing? It had been. You know, I, my plan was to be at this company for a few years because yeah. um, it, it was a senior role. I wanted to kind of establish myself mm. in industry a bit. Um, be the, the the point of contact for quantity surveying. Yeah. Um, I'm a quantity surveyor, and then when I move, then I would have those those connects in place. I have that network in place, and yeah. um, so I'd give myself that two to three years. But it happened within months. And so, are you still doing quantity surveying I'm now? Still doing quantity surveying. Oh, wow. so you, it's not like you changed field. You actually no, no. took the contacts and everything. Said, I've yeah. got enough now to do. What yeah, I need yeah. To do. And I built off that. You know, and I kind of it's it was it was an eye opener because. I'd been making excuses. I felt like I needed yeah, more, yeah. needed more. But once you get to a level of seniority and you've been dealing with clients anyway, um, you're essentially running a company beyond certain levels of experience yeah, yeah, yeah. in certain areas. So I'd been making excuses as to why not to make the jump before it's then. It's the security, in it. You know, I just feel like you need that little yeah. bit more, that little bit more. And it turned out that I had enough. I'd, I'd managed staff, I'd you know, run a department before. So why not just... You seem like a pretty myself. strategic... Again, you know, people in work and people outside the house sometimes don't are different in it, but you yeah. seem very strategic and very aligned. So the only thing you really had to add on to your stuff was accounts and management of an actual business. But you probably managed accounts to a point anyway. To a point, you know. Um, but luckily, luckily, my wife's an accountant, so she manages yeah. that for me. So Bro, that's, that's so one thing. was making excuses, you know. Excuses, man. You know what I mean? So she's, she's dealt with all the books and yeah. everything for me. Um, we have our, our regular catch-up, so I know what's going on. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, you do that. I'm going to focus on, you know, so you, the, the technical side the of the drop business. of jewel. Because I thought, obviously, we, we spoke and said you'd done your own thing. I thought drop of jewel was, had become your main thing. So what was drop of jewel about? Or what is it still about? Okay, so drop of jewel started because if you, if you take a step back a few years ago, um, I used to meet with a friend quarterly and we used to just be accountability partners. Okay, yeah. Um, we, we needed an excuse to meet up every so mm -hmm. often. And it just wasn't happening with work and life and yeah. stuff. Um, so we said, all right, we'll meet up every three months, we'll set some targets, and then in three months' time, we'll see where we've got, and I can question you as to why you didn't achieve yeah. what you said, you do the same for me. Did that for like a year, um, and then she left the country, um, and then I started doing it again with my wife, um, a couple of my friends, one of her yeah. friends, and we used to call it Power Circle. Again, every three months, we'd just meet at our house, we'd order yeah. some food around, set some targets, you know, and it was really, it was fruitful, you know. But you had a group of people that you were held accountable to, or you could reach out for support if you needed it. Exactly that, and there was five of us in that group. Um, and seeing what that did, I thought to myself, you know what, this is, this is something here. Yeah. Um, but again, I kind of left it for a year or so. And then I, would, I just went for a really difficult period. Um, you know, I won't, I won't say I was depressed because, um, I don't, feel, I don't feel like I was depressed. I just felt yeah. like I was very low, you, you know what I mean? Your, yeah, I wasn't my, my, I was lacking confidence. Do you know what brought that on by any chance or? I think it was just the shock of life. You know, I think I'm, I'm quite a youthful, I like to think I'm a youthful person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my head's in the clouds a little bit. Yeah, I'm strategic, like you said. But you know, when life hits, mm. you know, um, parenthood, A couple work, of things, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I was yeah, thinking, 100%. actually, I wasn't really prepared yeah. for this. I've been, I'd read about it, I watched it in movies, but when real life hits you, it, you know that? Yeah. I don't know if you've been punched in the face before, but you know that shock that you first get when you hit in the face, mm. that little white. That's why light. I never like boxing, man. I don't like the idea. Yeah, so that that shock though, 100 mile per hour to zero, real quick, just whiplash. Yeah, you, you get a little white light, and yeah. that's. I was kind of in a daze for a little bit, um, and I wasn't feeling my best self, so I said to myself, "Look, I need to kind of create an environment where I could bring the best of myself out." Yeah. Um, and I remembered what I was doing with, with my people, 
and then I just kind of designed Drop a Jewel and that forced me to kind of create, I mean, create a space for people to come that were looking for help, wanted to connect with other people. Yeah. And I had to, you know, I had to speak. I had to, I had to kind of give some of the experience and the wisdom that I'd yeah. accumulated over the years to these people. And um, for me, it was, it was just about designing a space where I could, I could, you know, shine again yeah. and see myself in a, in a better light. Um, and then that luckily kind of um, emanated into the rest of So by giving, life. it helped you pull yourself out because you were giving so much to others. Exactly that. And it, and it stopped me from wallowing as well. Yeah. You know, it's easy to wallow and look at life and think, oh, you know, everything's bad. Um, it's easy to do that. But this is why they say, you know, you're not a, a victim of circumstance or a product of your environment. You can mm-hmm. create the environments yeah. um, for yourself. So you can be, so you can shine. A hundred percent. So you got sort of like saw and knew you was in a in a sort of a predicament, and you just worked your way out of it. Like this is what I need to do, and I, I've done it. So at that point, was you still working and still just trying to carry on with your day job? Still working. Still doing everything. Yeah. Still working. You know, um, but I'm, I'm a firm believer of um, you know making time for your crafts, yeah. your passions, and things like that, um, because in the end, when you look back, you don't want to just have your your career. I mean, it depends on what your career was. Yeah. But for me, I knew I was, I was more than a quantity surveyor and it didn't necessarily give me the outlet for absolutely all of my skills and yeah. capabilities. Um, and Drop a Jewel allowed me to do that. So do you have um, yourself a vision board or like a goal setting board where you just like, this is five, 10, 15 years away? Yeah, man. So um, I've got a vision door, in fact, there's a cupboard in my bedroom, uh, which I actually need to update for 2021. Yeah. Um, where I have like a tagline and I've got different sections of my life you know it'll be yeah. finance it'll be health it'll be my marriage it'll be all different things and i have little targets yeah. that i have um for each of those things things that i, I want to work for buzzwords keywords yeah. um and then there's also a really dope exercise that i did last year um that the brother Mikel Amin put me onto, um where he asks you to write your highest intentions for your life just free write just completely write yeah. in a journal wherever it is every aspect you know what is what is what you the, see yourself as the big yeah, life yeah, you know yeah. when you see when you see you know when i see me as, as yeah. this guy what does that look like in all areas and just completely free right um, and that was a really fulfilling exercise for me oh, as really, well yeah. because i wrote it and i put it down and i revisit re- revisited it a few months later and it's crazy how many of those things had started to manifest so um, because just you've released it, it you've released it you've visualized it and now you start actually so you never yeah. planned any goals towards them particular ones or no no I, I still i did i did so um so in terms of like again like i said i got my vision door and then you know i always write a get shit done list every yeah. day um so i'm constantly having conversations yeah. as well um so yeah there was there was specific targets but then there was things that were like actual details okay, within yeah. there you know, um, even in terms of like running my own business, understanding money, understanding food better, that I might not have put on my vision door, I had a mm. conversation about, but then I found myself in situations, for example, you know, I'm trying to eat more of a vegan slash alkaline okay, yeah, lifestyle, yeah. not fully, you know. I, but I, you're, you're reducing certain aspects. Reducing, yeah. and one of the things I'd written in there was understanding more about food, under, um, eating healthily, and being able to prepare food in a more healthy yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. And there was a sister called Matulu who happened to do an alkaline cooking class. Um, so now I'm, I'm attending, well, I was, you know, um, yeah, early last yeah, year, yeah. towards the end of last year, attending alkaline cooking classes. I hadn't remembered that I'd written that in my... In but my, you visualised that and that's in the back of your head continuously, subconsciously. So when the opportunity arises now, I know that this is something 
that I'm going to be drawn to yeah, yeah, yeah. because I designed that into my life. Um, you know, this is what you want to move forward. I've just started putting um, towards my vision board for 2021, obviously. 2020, I told it, to be fair, I know a lot of people say 2020 was a bad year, mm. but if you adapted quick enough and you look planned, like not even planned, you couldn't have planned for COVID, but if you adapted quick enough, you could mould yourself and then come out of I've hit this year quite good. Yes. Financially, not the same, but I've, mm. we've moulded and adapted our business model. Yeah. So this year we can grow. So this year I put in an adapted 2021 because it's changed from last year. Yeah. But I'm I'm still in 20 because I've got a 2031 goal. Beautiful. Which is exactly the same as what it was last year. Yeah. Because it's just had to adapt. The path is steps. just different, but the, yeah. you know, how it how it looks may may have to shift slightly. But the fact that you've got that in mind, yeah. you 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 slowly start becoming that thing because. It's not really about what you're doing, it's who you are Yeah. at that point in time. And you'll slowly see yourself start becoming that person. And it may happen in 2026. Yeah, but you know you're working towards something and you adapt it on a, like you said, you've got to get shit done list. You can change it on a day-to-day -day basis. So yeah. you're moving, but you know where your end goal is. And part of my, because like yourself, I've got pictures and I've got a wording down the side and it's saying how, the feelings that I want to feel with these particular pictures and these things. So underneath the wording I've written, I'm chasing the feeling X, Y, Z. The feeling might not be these pictures by this time. Yeah. It might have adapted. So I want myself to know as much as I want my farm, the car, the holiday home. I'm not chasing that. I'm chasing the feeling, feeling. I perceive that I get with that, which is for me the biggest thing because I'm chasing happiness, I'm chasing, which is funny because I'm chasing to be scared because I want to fear the next step right. every single All time. Pushing. Not just happiness, I'm faced fear, I want um, a legacy. So I might get that being here, whatever I want to be is, but I'm chasing a feeling, not the material gain. Exactly. So, and I, I think that's a big one. People, otherwise I just put a million pound there and just say, once I earn a million pound, I can just buy everything that I want. Even and, like, and this goes back to who it is that you are, what it is that you become yeah. and that feeling. That's a, that's a beautiful way to put it, you know, because that rhythm, that, that spirit that, you know, embodies you at that point in time, that is what you really want to be targeting. Yeah, and you know? yeah, that's yeah, what exactly, will last. Yeah. The material won't last. Yeah, that, that, that person, that body, like you said, you want to be at that time is what you're aiming for. Obviously, when I when I met you, which was a long time ago now, bro, a whole long time long, ago, long time. Um, you was introduced to me as um, Carl. Not yeah. introduced, I met you as Carl. Yeah, exactly <laughs> wasn't introduced. Um, it might not look it, because I know I look young and that, but there's <laughs> about eight years different. <laughs> no, not eight, about five years different, six years difference yeah. in age. And um, obviously, when we met again, mm. um, it was introduced. Yeah. You had a I knee t-shirt yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knee, and um, it took me a while to get used to the idea of um, your name now being yeah. knee. Yeah. Um, what was the reasons and the background to your name change? So it wasn't really a name change, it's my middle name. You know, okay, I, yeah. I've got a Gar middle name, I'm a Gar, um, a Ghanaian. Yeah. Um, so my Gar name is Ni Klotekwe. And that's my name, that's on my birth certificate, it's on my passport, yeah. it's with my official identification. Um, and I was always, you know, from a young age, taught about my Africanness. Yeah. I was taught about, you know, my culture. Um, but I've been given a, a, a European name, a German name, at that, you know, which doesn't. <laughs> you was born here though, yeah? All. Yeah, yeah, I was born yeah. here. But my mum was putting me in front of like um, Louis Farrakhan videos from when I was like five, you know. And so oh, I always right. understood, <laughs> yeah. always yeah, understood yeah, yeah. the blackness. Yeah. Um, but I had this name, and it, you know, it wasn't really a thing for me. But when I got into my early twenties, I started reading a lot deeper especially about, you know, ancient Egypt, Kemet, Kush, all of that stuff. Yeah. And um, 
particularly with the American um, movement, a lot of people had changed their names to some of these, you know, ancient comedic names. Yeah. And I considered it, and then something said to me like, look, but you've got an African name. Know, you know, yeah. you're not, um, you know, respectfully to a lot of the Americans and Caribbeans, they, they, there was a disconnect, so, which yeah. is why they were looking for new names, which is why they were changing their names. Not just to comedic ones, but to West African ones and beyond. Um, but I had a, I had a name. It was already there for you, yeah. You know, and I had a culture that I I, I could embrace. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't speak Ga. I'm learning now. You know, um, big up Lingua Fifty Four because they they've helped me crack a ceiling I never thought I'd crack, but I'm, I'm picking it up slowly. Um, so I started to embrace the culture that I had yeah. and I'd been largely brought up in, and chose to start using my middle name more. Yeah. So a lot of people think that I changed my name, but it's not a change really. It's just, it's just you're using. I'm using yeah. my my. My Ghanaian middle yeah. name, um, and I think it's important, especially in a society where we're not encouraged to choose Africanness. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I like the fact that I choose it, and I prefer to be called me. I'm not as precious as it as I'm about when it's written, because my legacy, my works, yeah. I want that to have my Ghanaian name yeah, yeah, yeah. on there. So there's no doubt in my mind, <laughs> what, no doubt in anybody's yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. who and what it was that created this, and it yeah. was the African spirit. So that created I, it. As you're introduced to me, that's not a problem. But my works will be written. Yeah. I prefer yeah. it, you know. Yeah. But, but as long as my works have the, the African stamp, yeah, that's what you're, I'm you're good for. to go. Yeah, so man. have you obviously? I, well, I know you've been. How often yeah. did you go back to Ghana? I was there in um, September this year, but I hadn't been to Ghana for nine years before that. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been I've been a few places in Africa. I've been to Malawi, Senegal, Kenya, Uganda twice. Um, so I've been to a few a few spots. Is that just to experience the culture and actually really get grips to grips with it? Like you said, yeah. Like one of my bucket list um, items is to see as much of the continent as I can. Yeah. Um, I mean, I went to Uganda twice because my wife's Ugandan. Mm. Um, so I went to visit her country, and I, I, Uganda is a beautiful place. Man, I actually prefer it to Ghana just because they're a lot more. Peaceful, they're serene. Passive-aggressive. I'm just saying this. Like, with, is that coming us, from yeah? your wife's side as well? You said passive-aggressive. No, yeah. I'm just saying as a people. I ain't saying yeah. no names specifically. You're trying to get me in trouble, bro. Um, <laughs> like us, we're saying we're a lot louder in your face. Yeah. Everything's an argument or a fight. Whereas they will insult you very peacefully. Oh. <laughs> you don't even know you're being insulted. <laughs> um, but I like I like the lifestyle out there, you know. Um, but then everywhere else, I just wanted to see. So Malawi's a beautiful country. Kenya's incredible as well. Um, I definitely see myself working in Kenya, in Nairobi specifically at yeah. some point. So do you just go by yourself, get up and go and just... Yeah, yeah. So Senegal and Malawi, I visited solo. Um, that was a, Those are dope experiences. But how, how do you do that? I, I don't know if I've got the bravery to get up and fly out there and just like meet new people. You're just going out there just yeah. fresh and just like, you know what, let's just do this. Why not, man? You know what I mean? It's a big world and I think it's really easy to be caught in a bubble yeah. of Britishness sometimes. You know, that if it's not an English-speaking country or the food isn't something I necessarily yeah. recognise. Um, or, they, or the fact that there is a danger there, there is a threat there. Mm. I mean, you can get like robbed, stabbed, whatever. <laughs> Walking outside, them, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? um, so I'm not gonna, I don't really have that fear of stepping into those places mm. and feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm exposed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Malawi in particular, I, I didn't know anybody there. Um, I mean, I didn't know anybody in Senegal, 
but I, I kind of felt like Senegal is still West Africa. There might be some similarities between <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. That's, That was my mindset when I got there. It <laughs> it's completely the same. French speaking, <laughs> um, I had to go back to my B grade GCSE to try and communicate. <laughs> Bonjour, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of that, you know. Um, I couldn't even remember my numbers. Um, Malawi, they were largely English speaking anyway, but they speak Chichewa over there. So going into a country by yourself, French speaking, mm. how, how do you communicate? Like I said, how long were you there for? A week. So you've gone there for a week yeah, to, yeah. obviously, you're not, you're not the guy in there to do the touristy, touristy thing. Yeah, bits, bits and pieces. I did some touristy stuff, yeah. but it was to chill and like just to see the country as much. So as you went out and done your own thing at yeah, times yeah. and you're communicating like yeah, as a I proper to, like tourist, said, like I, got the book out, trying to leave French and now I, I, I didn't even do that, man. I just, like I said, I just relied on my, um, I relied on my GCSE French, but they speak Wolof out there as well, um, which I didn't know. Mm. But I had a taxi driver a couple of the days yeah. and I just took as much information from him as I could to understand the language and places to go, things to do, things not to do. That, that, that is beautiful, man. And how, how much has that helped with your cultural understanding of Africa? Because saying you're African and just living in England in the British bubble and yeah. saying it must be completely different to go and experience in different countries, different capitals. It must yeah, I mean, it, it's something I knew already. But to, to experience it firsthand that, like people say, Africa is not a monolith. It's not, you're African and that's it. Yeah. You know, um, so many different countries, so many different cultures, foods and things like that. And it gave me a lot more of a respect yeah. as well that I couldn't just, you know, I could go there and be comfortable, but I can't just come and start assuming things. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of similarities in the East African countries between Kenya, Malawi, um, Uganda, Tanzania, those places, there's similarities in the food and thing, yeah. but it's not the same and I can't approach it like it's the same. Okay, they're different countries. And, and deal with you like I know what's yeah, going on already. Yeah, yeah. No, shut up, listen, yeah. learn something. It's like coming to Europe and saying Germany and France are the same thing. And that, no, it's not. I know one would never yeah. think to do that, but yeah, exactly. in Africa, for some reason, there's this attitude. You know, I think it's um, the whole Africa, your African thing. No one don't say you're European, innit? Well, you might get that in America or something, but you're right. English, you're British, you're yeah. German, you're French. So it must be a thing of, Considering there's a billion people in the continent of Africa, like it's mad to label yeah. everyone under the same. It's a respect thing. I think by doing that, um, like I said, it it's given me a better appreciation of of what's ha actually happening in the different places over yeah. there. But it also gave me appreciation of my own culture, being from London as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I I I won't say I resented it at any point in time, but there's this idea that you know. <laughs> Being called an English boy when you go back when you go back is, is an insult. Look at this British boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then actually, I, I found that there was certain mannerisms, certain things that was more endearing to them. You know what I mean? Okay. That that made people embrace me a bit more because I'd actually picked myself up and taken myself yeah. over there. I wanted to learn. Um, do you think it's something a lot of well, black people in general should do, like just to experience? where your heritage is and where you've come from. Yeah, man, especially if, you, if you're interested. I mean, look, there's, a, there's, more, there's many generations that have been here now and yeah. there's a lot of work to be done in diaspora. Um, I'm, I'm one of the people that feel like not everybody needs to just go back to Africa, yeah. you know? Um, I know there was a view of that back um, once upon a time, but we have a presence here. You know, we've, we've done a lot of work in the yeah. UK and America and other countries and there is a right that we do have here. However, um, just in terms of knowledge of self and understanding and you know you might even go somewhere and see someone that looks exactly like you just <laughs> yeah, because you've gone yeah, back yeah. to your hometown yeah, yeah. Um, that gives you a, a different type of self-awareness so I, I would encourage it but 
I also understand that people are, are comfortable where they where are. Where they are, but if you can or you want to take that opportunity and go Do it. visit visit your hometown. One of the one of my biggest issues, obviously, mixed race, quite obvious. Oh, it could mm. be light skinned, yeah, isn't it? Light skin, yeah. yeah. Is um the fact that I never had no heritage mm. behind me, obviously not growing up with my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, not being able to call a home a home yeah. and have also having kind of the fear of going out and visiting somewhere. He said, I could have went to Jamaica and found out where our hometown was and found cousins and uncles and that I never knew about. So that, yeah. that's a journey that I think, may, actually it's never too late. It's a journey never. that I might, I might do anyway because I think that would open my eyes to where I come from as well because I don't know if obviously you know of me and my brothers and that. That's all we have as a, as a thing is three brothers. Yeah. We have no past. We're just going forward continuously. Yeah. It'd be nice to see where we, where we came from. For the kids as well, man, like, you know, one thing that really stuck in my mind is I'd like to be able to tell my daughter that she can go anywhere and be good. Yeah. You know? um, luckily, I know, you know, that I'm, I'm Ghanaian, I'm from Accra. Um, mm. But when by you making that journey, you'll be at least be able to say to your daughter, like, okay, hey, look, you're from here. Because you don't yeah. know what she's going to grow yeah. up to be like. You don't know if that's going to be something she wants to yeah. do. You might have taken five or ten steps for her to make that journey easier for her as well. Yeah, no, well, and like I said, I do want to leave a legacy. So a legacy is family as well, isn't it? 100%. So creating a family, making that step towards, I don't know, taking ownership of something that was lost, potentially lost to me. You know what, this is, this is actually your cousin. This is actually someone that, yeah, bro, yeah. that's inspired me. I'm going to take action on that. And you can always look back at, you know, the fact that what our parents couldn't, could have done or didn't do for whatever reason 